0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us this morning to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3. We'll read just three or four verses familiar scripture, if you're a Bible reader, should be anyway. The event that we're going to read of this morning has paralyzed mankind ever since. A change in what they were to something that was completely corrupted. I don't know your heart today, but... uh, feel that there's an urgency to remind every listener that the only way to escape the judgment that was pronounced upon Adam and Eve, mankind, right? If you're born of flesh, you inherited the same sin debt that Adam and Eve had, the same, the same judgment of God, you shall surely die. We know it to be true, right? We need but look in the In the paper every day, every day they leave here, they die. This is where it begins, but there was hope then, there's hope now. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And He said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would open it to our hearts. Every heart that's here today be moved by your conviction. May we be challenged by this truth and the dangers God, that are made clear to us, we ask for the unction of your Holy Spirit, confessing we've no abilities within ourselves, weak and frail of mind, and yet we lay in your hand but a trumpet, a bucket, a vessel, use it, fill it, empty it, and fill it again, we pray. We're asking for your help as we pray for your presence, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick the consequences. That's the thought today. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick the consequences. That's certainly unfortunate because sin has consequences. There's a price for it. There's a payment that has to be made for every sin. Man underestimated the cost. Eve underestimated. Adam underestimated the price tag that comes from sin. Rebellion. Let me be clear. We're all sinners. There's not any of us that are exempt of sin and its effect. Every one of us have testimonies today that we could share of a price tag that came along with something that we didn't consider Until it was too late. Anybody in here have regrets? Don't raise your hand. There's things I wish I hadn't done. There's things that I regret that I ever did. There are some things, I'll I'll get started here in a minute, but I want you to start with me. I want you to be on the same platform as we leave this morning. There are some things that sin will cost you that are irreparable. I met a man one time, I, I was driving to a church meeting up in at Red Top in the Happy Valley, and, and uh, as I was going up there, God had dealt with me about um ministering and and being respective persons, really. And as I was driving up there I saw a man in a wheelchair on the side of the road. And the uh, Holy Spirit of God said, Pull over and speak to him of me. And so I hit the brakes, turned it around, come, come wheeling in the gravel there where he stood. He stood at the old swinging rope that goes out into Chilliwack Lake there. And, and uh, as I stepped up to him, he's in a wheelchair, and introduced myself and, and I was just straight up with him. I said, friend, I said, God told me to come back and talk with you. And I said, I'd like to share with you my heart. And he looked at me, and he said... Uh, He said, I was just fixing to roll myself off in that water. He said, I don't want to live anymore, not like this. He said, I've been bound to this wheelchair for years. And he said, it all happened right here at this swinging rope. He said, I decided I was going to swing off into that water. And he said, when I hit the bottom, he said, I ain't moved since. Paralyzed him. Now, unless God does a miracle, that's irreparable. That's one decision he made. It's unchangeable. Chances are, I mean, unless God does something miraculous, he'll be bound to that wheelchair for the rest of his life because of one choice. He didn't consider that, did he? We don't, do we? Right, let's just be honest. We're no better than he was or different. Well, there's a thousand times choices I could have made should have landed me in the hospital. Should have paralyzed me for life. Could have crippled me. Could have cost me everything I had. Let's start the same place this morning. Let's get real about sin. It'll cost you more than what you've reckoned. Then an alcoholic out there today that after taking the first drink intended on being addicted. But they are not a drug addict that took their first smoke of something or needle of something or snort of something that had any intentions of being addicted. They didn't want their life ruined. They didn't want to lose their family, lose their homes, lose their children, end up in jail or prison or dead. But they have. And there you are messing with that stuff. As if you have no idea, right? You hadn't considered what the price is for sin. And yet in the front of the book, he introduces it to us. He tells us from right out of the pages of the beginning of his holy writ that the price of sin you can't pay for. You've never been able to pay the debt that sin brings to one's soul. No, we flippantly engage in activities that are ungodly without any thought to the price. I don't have any doubt in my mind that there's a lot of single unwed mothers raising a baby. That wasn't their goal. But they are. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick the consequences. The Apostle Paul would say in Galatians chapter number 6, he said, be not deceived. Listen, don't be confused about this. Hear me now, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Don't, don't, Don't leave here this morning confused about this simple truth. If you want to sow to the flesh, you can. It's your choice. You can pick to do the wrong things. You can walk the steps of the ungodly of this world. I just want you to know there's a price for it. And I'll guarantee you, if you're engaging in such sinful activities, you've underestimated the price. There's a bunch of people who wish they could get their marriages back. Won't happen. Too late. Unless miracles occur, there are things that are irreparable. They're unchangeable. There's water that goes under the bridge that will never go the other direction. It's too late. Oh, that we could grab this. What Adam and Eve understood about taking of the fruit that had been forbidden them. Now, God had clearly provided them everything they need. Let me be clear. They didn't need no more fruit than all they could eat. They had the best tasting fruit. They had everything that they needed. There was nothing that God had kept from them. I want you to know today that if you fall into sin, it ain't God's fault. It's not because he hadn't provided for you. It's not because there's something lacking in your life. No, the reason that man goes for sin is because of what we'll find out Eve fell for that day in the Garden of Eden. Same for every man. There's nothing different here. We're all guilty of the same thing. Eve lost more that day than her her promise of eternal life. Eve lost something that day that she'd never get back. What the Bible said is when God began to deal with Adam and Eve after they had come clean in the garden and had exposed themselves and had come out and spoke with God, the Bible said he said to the woman, he said, because of this, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in conception. Do you realize today that a woman would have never experienced labor except for sin? He said, I'm going to greatly multiply your sorrow in bringing forth children in conception. He said to Adam, he actually laid three verses on Adam. I thought, boy, he, he got the worst end of that maybe. But so we find in verses 17, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Here's what happened. He said, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. He had everything he needed up until that point. All they had to do was walk around picking it. God said, That's all fixing and change. Verse 18 Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. I wasted two hours of my life yesterday bush hogging. You know what I was mowing down? He said in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it was thou taken for dust thou art and, and under dust shalt thou return. I want to share just a simple thought this morning as I encourage you, listen to me today. I don't care if you're young or old but especially if you're young, you've got a whole life in front of you and you'll make choices within the next five years of your life that will change your life forever. If you're if you're any anywhere from 15 to 20 years old, the next five years, you will make choices in your life that will forever set the course of your days. Are you ready for that? I want you to know that there are bad there are bad choices out there. There are decisions out there that if you make them, you'll have to live with the consequences of those things for the rest of your life. You don't you don't go back, right? Once the eggs cracked open, right? You don't put them back in there. It's out there. Listen to the word of God. Adam and Eve got themselves in a mess. You say, how? Number one, they listened to ungodly counsel. That's how it started. Eve's minding her own business. Ain't that how it goes with you and me? Minding her own business in verse number four, and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. She began to entertain ungodly counsel. I want you to know that there are ungodly people in this world and they don't care a thing about you. Let me tell you something. Somebody to offer you drugs, they don't care a thing in the world about you. They may say they're your friend, but they're not your friend. They may offer you something to drink that is alcohol. May I say to you today, that ain't your friend. There ain't anybody in this world that has considered the consequences of sin that would do that to someone else and call them friend in the same breath. They were entertaining ungodly counsel. The very first thing we ought to do when the devil begins to whisper in our ear, those pleasantries of this world and he begins to entice us of all of those things that appeal to our flesh, that our flesh desires, that we want to do in our flesh. May I say to you today, when the ungodly counsel of the world comes to you, you better have the word of God with you because there ain't anything else I know that can combat it. And even then, I've seen many a fall They listened to the devil. That was the first mistake that Eve made. She entertained the enemy. And may I say to you today, he ain't ever told the truth and he won't start with you. You're deceiving yourself if you think the devil's your friend, if you think the devil's crowd is your friend, if you think the devil's vices are your friend. You're fooling yourself. You can pick your sin, but the consequences you cannot. If I could warn every soul in here today, I'd simply use the example of the two people that had it all and lost it in a moment's time. Gone. In the end, what we know is that God cast them out of that perfect place never to go back in it. They never set foot in that beautiful garden again (laughs) They gave it all up for one moment of pleasure. Right? You're out there today, you're convincing yourself, I'm good. It's not hurting nobody. Feels good, feels right. I like it. Everything's well. May I say to you, that's exactly what he told Eve. That is the same thing in essence that he shared with Eve. Eve. She said, "Listen, she said, "We can eat of any tree in this garden, but it's just the tree that's in the midst of it we're not allowed to eat of. For God has said that if we eat of it or even touch it, we shall surely die. And the devil said to Eve, he said, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the very moment that you eat of that, that you'll become as gods, knowing good and evil, you'll not die." She entertained the counsel of the ungodly. How many of us today have listened to people that would say, well, you ought to just hate that person. You ought to just, just, just despise that person. You ought to do this. Man, I say to you, if it's ungodly, it'll lead you to sin. And a sin, often, that's irreparable. You'll do damage, friend, that you can't fix. You'll get into a place, friend, that, that, that you don't know how Listen, once you've been in prison, they don't erase that from your record. There's all kinds of people today that have a pile of regrets behind them and they would tell you this morning if they had just listened to godly counsel. Uh, preacher. They don't want to hear the preacher. no. Not when it's fun, not when it's, not when it's pleasurable, not when it's something everybody else is doing, not when it makes me stick out like a sore thumb in this world, not when it alienates me. No, let me do my sin. I want to warn you today there. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick the consequences, friend. You better not underestimate the cost of ungodly counsel. It's at every corner. We can't even trust them to send them into our own school systems today because the counsel of the instructors is often ungodly. We make laws and we legalize things that God has condemned. It's all ungodly counsel. Well, there's a price for it. There's a price for it. The first problem that Eve had was she entertained ungodly counsel. And I want to say before I leave this particular point that if you're paying attention to those people in your life that seemingly you care for and care for you, if they're encouraging you to participate in sin, you need to get away from them people. You need to leave fellowship with them people. You need to cut them out of your lives. You say, preacher, it ought not to be that way. You may think it ought not, but if Eve had told the serpent, get away from me, I don't want to hear your lies. Amen. She'd have been in a different spot than she was 10 minutes later. She gave up everything for one moment of pleasure. We got them, don't we? Loved ones, we pull from about every day people that I care for. At least if somebody gave them some ungodly counsel. Right? It ain't hip to listen to the preacher. It ain't cool to open up a Bible and say, well, I think I'll just believe what it says. It ain't with it, amen, to follow along with that buttoned up crowd, amen, that have decided there's only one way and it's straight and it's narrow. I want you to know it may not fit my flesh, but my soul has found a groove and I like what I found in him. He's able to help me, friend. He's never led me astray. But there's many in this world that want to take me to hell with them. They want to lead me down that path of ungodly living. I want you to know that there is a right and God expects it and we're to be holy and called out among this world to be a separate people. You can pick your sin, but you better hear me today. You can't pick the consequences that come. No, some of the price tags of those things that occur Hey, man, you can't stop it. You can't change most of it. Eve listened to the counsel of the ungodly. She listened to somebody she shouldn't have been listening to. Let me tell you something right now. You need the word of God more than you need your next breath. I'm not speaking today as someone that don't know. I have experienced just like you've got experience and you've got experience. I have found today that this will never lead me astray. It'll never take me down the wrong path. Brother, there ain't anything but reward and blessing in following the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you pay attention to the ungodly of this world, it'll cost you. That little boy whispering in your ear, trying to convince you that He loves you and you need to do this and you need to do let me tell you something. You need to cut that off. You need to get out of that relationship. I'll tell you right now, anybody that counsels you to do something ungodly, I want you to know right now, they ain't your friend. They don't love you. They're trying to take you the same place the devil is trying to take everybody. There ain't but one that is holy today and his name is Jesus. We need to believe what he said to us today. You Pick your sin you better be careful because the consequences you've no control over. You can sow something and it'll produce way more than you thought it could have. You can put a little seed in the ground and not be able to contain the harvest of junk that comes from it. We have a responsibility to pay attention to godly counsel. Now, I don't know where you're getting yours But if it ain't coming from the pages of this book, it's likely corrupted and it will lead you and it will cost you more than you can pay today. Eve listened, number one, to ungodly counsel. But number two, look in verse number six. Look in verse number six. The Bible said, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Let me say to you today that not only is their counsel, the ungodly's counsel costly, but there is a carelessness concerning sin that will get us in trouble. I'll tell you right now, the best thing you can do about booze is stay away from it. The best thing that you can do to, to heed from being a fornicator indulging in illegal sex in the eyes of God, the only way to do that is to stay away from it, to eliminate those opportunities in your life where that has become a temptation that you cannot bear, you cannot escape from in your flesh it will burn you before it is over. I want you to know that that is an evil friend that will capture the heart and the imagination of every heart that's here today if you're not careful the counsel of the ungodly will lead you into this sin but it's your carelessness around that sin friend that will cost you, you'll fall in the presence of these temptations if the word of God is not present in you. Oh, preacher, that's just fire and brimstone. That's the first two people. (laughs) Just got worse from there. That's the first two. You think it's different for you. No, it ain't different for you. When you listen to the counsel of the ungodly it'll lead you right into the nest of sin and when you get careless about sin when you get careless about drugs you get careless about alcohol you get careless about sex you get careless about bad attitudes and bad bad actions when you get careless about sin it's fixing the nail you friend it'll cost you more than you've got to pay. You know I'm telling the truth. Somebody amen that. It costs, don't it? It costs when we live in sin and when we're careless in sin, that's when we fall the victim to it. That's when we indulge. You see, what happened was the very tree that God told Adam and Eve not to even touch, she got right up under the leaves, it. And got to looking around. You know what gets you in trouble? When you hang around that stuff. Huh? You get right under the leaves of that tree. And suddenly that fruit is hard to resist. You get right in that situation. Amen. When nobody's watching and nobody's looking. It was just Eve and it was the serpent. And there he had enticed her to get too close. She got right in amongst of that sin. She got careless with the sin. Listen, it'll kill you today. Sin will kill you today. She got careless with sin. The counsel of the ungodly had wooed her into stepping too close to the tree. She should have not been within a mile of that tree. Amen. That's the best way to keep sin out of your life is keep it out of your house. Keep it out of your cars. Keep it off your phones. Deal with it and be diligent about it. Don't be careless with sin. One look and you're snared. You know I'm telling you the truth. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick the consequences of it. It could cost you everything that you value dear in your life today is what it could cost you. Counsel of the ungodly leads us to be careless with sin. Next thing we know, there there Eve was right in the middle of the thing. And boy, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. The tree, oh, the tree. And she saw the fruit. And the the fruit, she saw that it was good for food. She saw that it was pleasant to look at. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. And then she said, it's something that will make us wise. Pride of life. First John 2 and 16. For the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, these are not of the Father, but of the world, he said. Ain't no different, Lisa. The same thing Eve went through was what First John was telling you and I to be careful of. Oh, you remember the psalm, don't you? Be careful little eyes, what you see. Be careful little hands, what you touch. Be careful little feet, where you go. You remember that song? There was no more truer song that's ever been written than that one right there. You better be careful when it comes to sin. It'll cost you more than you know. There are consequences with sin. (laughs) Ungodly counsel will often lead us into a place that is dangerous a place where sin is rampant. And here we find that as she approached this tree where she knew the rules, right? She knew what God had said. She was able to quote it verbatim, very clearly and distinctly unto the devil. She told him just exactly what God said, but she listened to his counsel. He said, you'll not surely die. No, God is wrong. God is mistaken. Let me be clear about one thing. God has never been wrong or has he ever been mistaken? That's right. Ever. She listened to the devil and then she became careless with sin. You know how long it took Greg to reach up and how long it took? Done. And you can't undo. You can't undo it, Kenny. You can't undo it. I'm sorry, you can't undo it. How many times have they sat across from me weeping? And in my heart, I have to think, it can't be undone. You've already done it. Careless with sin. Careless with sin. There's some. Listen to me, there's things in this world you don't need to be 100 miles near. You, you need to be as far away from the things of this world as you can. Listen to me, parents. You better pay attention. Everything that you can do, you need to do it. Help your children understand that there is a right way and there is a wrong way. There are godly influences in this world and there are ungodly influences in this world. And if they get careless with sin, it'll get them, it'll bite them, it'll take them down if it can. There's a price tag for sin. You can pick it, but you can't control the cost of it once it begins. Once you start to grow that fruit, once it starts to come out of the ground, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. She was careless with sin. Not only were they careless with sin, but they were cowards about their condition. Just a very instant they took of that fruit, her eyes were opened. And you know what she did then? She gave it to her husband. Who, by the way, according to the scripture that I read to you, was with her. Now, listen to me, men. If you ever find yourself in your home and there are ungodly things going on, you better be a man about it. Amen. Don't leave it to your wife to deal with the ungodly. Adam should have stepped forward before the devil ever had a chance to get his claws in her heart or in her mind. He should have been the priest of that house and stepped forward to say, hey, that ain't happening here. We know the word of God. We ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. But Adam didn't do it. And by the time Eve had fell, when she handed that thing over, he ate it too. Yeah, boy, there's a picture of Christ. And I can't preach on that today. I ain't got time. But there's a picture of Christ. He ate my fruit. He wasn't willing that I go alone. He ate my fruit. He with me. It just he had power to get us both out of it. Boy, that's a good picture. Adam ate the fruit. He wasn't willing to go on without her, his bride. Uh, uh, boy, that could preach, amen. <laughs> I ain't got time to preach that. They were cowards in their condition. First thing they did was they recognized they didn't have clothes on. What was clothes? They wasn't, nobody knew anything about clothes then. So they started grabbing up some fig leaves. And they started sowing them things together to cover everything they thought was supposed to be covered. Now, they had no knowledge of that before. But when they had taken of the fruit, the devil had spoke one truth. They know the difference between good and evil at that point. They understood that there was something going on, amen, that suddenly was different than before. Sin, when it's exposed, you'll know what's happening in your life. And instead of being brave and going to God for the remedy right away, what'd they do? The Bible said they tried to hide their sin. They had to hide their nakedness. I want you to know today that when sin begins to work its work in your life, it'll make you want to hide it from the people of God. That's what happens to people when they they get into sin. When they get into sin, the first thing you know, they're missing on Sunday night. They missing on Wednesday night, and then they missing on Sunday morning. Then they then they won't come to fellowship. Then you can't hear you don't know where they went. Next thing you know, you find them hurting somewhere, broke down, because they listened to the ungodly and they were careless with sin in their lives. First thing they did was try to hide their sin. Listen, don't be a coward concerning your condition today. Get right with God this morning. Quit cowering in fear and recognize the great truth of Scripture, and that's God loves the sinner. (laughs) Not only were they hiding their sin, but they hid themselves. You see, they were were total cowards concerning their condition. They didn't go to church that day. No, they went to the bushes thinking that they could hide themselves from God now. That's what happens, ain't it? That's what happens when we get our hearts in sin. We get infected by its, its taste and its poison. Hey Amen. Next thing you know, we don't want to be around them church people. We don't want to be in the house of God. We don't want to be brave about a condition. No. We'll be cowards and try to hide it from God. Listen, you can pick your sin, but you can't control the, you can't control the consequences of it. Well, that's pretty heavy. I'll tell you right there, that's about the heaviest scripture you'll find. They lost it all. Not only did they lose it all for themselves, they lost it for all their children while they was at it. They lost it for all their children while they was at it. As a matter of fact, my grandchildren are still suffering because of what they did. Because when I was born into this world, I was born with a sin nature, and you knew who that came from? Adam. Adam. And you've got it, and I've got it. You don't think sin affects other people? Well, you've been listening to the wrong God. I'll tell you right now, sin will affect everything in your life. Every person you love, every, every part that you care for, every people in your life, sin will destroy everything that it can. Well, let me give you some good news as we close. Let me give you some good news. Boy, they're in a mess, wasn't they? I hope I've built it up for you right now that you're thinking, Lord Jesus, they're in a mess. Amen. If you never heard a story, I hope you leave this morning thinking, boy, they're in a mess. Amen. They couldn't get out of that. They was down for the count. There wasn't no hope at all. But let me tell you <laughs> thank God there's hope. Do you know? Oh, let me preach it. The Bible said, "You know, do you know God knew just what they had done, yeah. and yet He still come walking in their garden. He still showed up that day. Amen. That ain't a, that ain't a Tommy boring kind of God. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, that's a God that loves in spite of. Amen. When they had gave everything away for one bite, He still came that day. He still came, and you know what He was doing? He was calling." He was calling. Oh, God, thank you that he kept calling. That he kept. When I was down for the count and there wasn't no way to get out, he kept calling for me. Amen. He came to where I was, hiding in the bushes, <laughs> yeah. straight from God, and he come calling. He come walking down the halls of my prison, and he was saying, my name. Adam, where are you? <laughs> he should have left me that day, Lenny. Huh? He should have never come to you sitting right over there. He should have never walked down that hall. But he came. You were down for the count. The devil had you. Hallelujah to God. But he came calling. He came calling. Now, let me tell you something. He couldn't undo what I had done, but he could make better what I would do. Huh? He didn't back the water through the bridge. He didn't put the egg back in the shell. No, he don't undo what's been done. But he takes the mess that you've created and he makes something out of it that is for his glory and his honor. Blessed be the name of Jesus. He came calling for me. Glory to God. He came calling for the wretch. Romans 5 and verse 8. The apostle Paul would glory the name of Christ by saying, but God commendeth his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, bless his name. He would write to young Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1, 15. He would share with him a simple truth that was established in the Garden of Eden that day. He said to Timothy, he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom he said, I am chief. I want you to know today, you may think that all is lost, but as long as there's a God on the throne and mercy, brother, there is a call going out for the sinner today. He wants to save you. He wants to help you. The call came from God. And I want you to know the call's been going out for 2,000 years. The call has been going out repeatedly over and over. Every day of the week, every hour of the day, I believe there's somewhere somewhere On planet earth that someone is declaring the goodness of a great God that walked right in the mess of mankind and started calling them out one by one. Calling them out, saying their name, speaking to their heart, bringing joy and peace once again to what was barren and dark. God is able to help you today. You ain't too far gone that God can't help you. There are consequences that you'll have to live with the rest of your life. That fellow, I don't know if he's still alive or not. But that fellow I talked to in the wheelchair that day. If he's alive, he's probably still in that wheelchair. He can't undo that. But you know what God can do? God can do something inside the heart of a man that will change his total perspective on life. That man looked at me with them big blue eyes that day, and he said I was just fixing to roll myself off his bank. I said, well, God's got different plans for you, friend. I shared with him the gospel best I know how to do. Trust God with the rest. I don't know what happened exactly after that. But I can tell you this: God cares for your soul when your life has been messed up by poor decisions, Amen. Poor, poor things that you have done, choices that you have made. I want you to know, regardless of what consequences come your way, I know a God that can help you bear it. He can help you get through it. Not only will He deliver you, but brother, you'll have peace the whole way. God came calling. Come get us on. God came calling. In Adam and Eve's worst day, worst day, God came calling still. He came through there, Adam, where are you? You reckon he knew where Adam was? Why, yeah. He was walking right toward him. Adam, where are you? You know what he's waiting on? Mickey, he's waiting on Adam to call back. You know what he's waiting on today? He's just waiting on you to call back. He's in your house. He's in your place right now. Some of you, he's in your space. And he's calling for you. He's trying to get you to come, to get honest, to be honest about your sin. He said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Well, Adam did the best thing he, he could have done. He stood up, stepped out of the bushes. I don't use a lot of analogies, but I'm going to use one right now. I'm going to call this the bushes. And right now, I'm hiding behind tish. But when God starts calling, you've got to You've got to answer. All he's asking you to do is come out of there. All he's asking you to do is stop hiding from me. Let's be honest about what you've done. He said, for there's a remedy. He called for Adam, and Adam came out. You know what Adam told him? He told him the truth. He said, Lord, he said, we hid ourselves. Because we were naked. was naked. He's honest, wasn't he? Then the next verse, he'd blame it on Eve. But he started honest. He said, Lord, we've missed that. We've missed that. But what Adam didn't know was in that same garden was another tree. What God said to Adam and maybe to the Trinity, he said they can't stay here. You see, the reason that Adam and Eve couldn't stay in the garden because there was another tree in that garden. It wasn't a tree of knowledge, good and evil. No, that's the one that killed you. No, there was another tree and it was called the tree of life. You know who that was? That was my Redeemer, did you know before the first sin was ever committed, my Redeemer was already there. The way had already been determined before I ever was before I was ever a sinner. Christ died for my sin. The tree was in the garden. Adam and Eve couldn't eat of a chip. No that tree couldn't be really participated of until he was born of the virgin and lived a sin, sinless life and then hung on a cross for my sins and now he says let whosoever will come and take of the water of life freely let him come god's calling today And the tree of life is in our midst. And all you've got to do is to receive it. Take it. Let it be. Let it make you a new creature today. I don't know your heart, but I know this. Ain't none of us exempt from sin. And the price tag of it, you better know Jesus. And, friend, you need to know him now, today. Right now is when you need Jesus as we stand to sing If you need to pray this morning, take it with all the sense of urgency you can and make right with God. Get right with Him today. If you need the Lord this morning, don't be careless about sin. Let's get it cleaned up. Let's get honest before God and let Him fix what's wrong. Would you come as we sing? Would you come?